Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. So good to see you this morning, Life Adelaide. It's great uh, to be together. I'm very excited about our future. Uh, In a few weeks, we've got a pastor's conference that I usually do with my ministry, which is called Pattern Builders, because I believe we've got to build according to God's pattern. And we've got close to 50 pastors and leaders that we've invited from New Zealand and Australia to come to Life Adelaide and have a time of around the table saying, what's the future for the church? What are we gonna do to be authentic? What are we gonna do to be real? How can we see multitudes come to this incredible message of Jesus because the world has no answers, definitely hasn't. And so uh, it's exciting to partner with you and see what God is gonna do even in our city and beyond. I've entitled my message this morning, Purposed Sacrifice. Purposed Sacrifice. On Anzac Day, we celebrate the many soldiers who lost their lives in order for us to enjoy our freedom. At Gallipoli, by the time the campaign ended, more than 130,000 men had lost their lives, including thousands from Australia and New Zealand. During the war, an estimated total of 70 to 85 million perished or about 3% of the 1940 world population. In World War II, over 20,000 Australians were killed and 23,000 wounded. In addition, hundreds more servicemen and servicewomen were killed and injured in accidents during the war. These people were willing to lay their lives down so we can enjoy the freedom we have today. I just pray, I get touched when I see little kids and I see young people celebrate or not celebrate, but take this time to remember because generationally we could lose this if we don't appreciate what's happened ahead of us or sorry, before us to give us the freedom that we have today. And this morning I got up early and I watched some of the services and I just started to cry because I felt, wow, how beautiful It is when people give their lives away for the freedom of others. I I, I don't think selfishness is a very attractive trait. And I find in life that some people are predominantly takers and some people are predominantly givers. There is a time to take, there's a time to give. But I don't wanna be arrogant in saying this, but from a young age, I made a decision. Some decisions we make don't have to be remade. When I made a decision to follow Jesus, I didn't have to re-decide it. Once I had a revelation of who He was and I made a decision that I would live a life of purposed sacrifice. But let me tell you the joy that comes and the freedom that comes when you lay your life down for a greater cause. Today, all over the world, because people have walked away from God, people are giving first-class allegiance to second class causes. And I wanna say this morning, I have a deep conviction and I pray you do too, that we are making an allegiance not to a second class cause, but the greatest cause in the world, on earth, in eternity. 
The purpose of the sacrifice from the diggers was to obtain our freedom. But the motive of that sacrifice was love for our country and a better future. As Christians, our Christianity is based on a purposed sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. The purpose of His sacrifice was to stop us from perishing, but His motive was His amazing love for us. John 3.16, it worries me, friends, that it's probably the most known Scripture in the world, and yet if we really believed it the way we should, the world, the church would be a different place. For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son that everyone who believes in Him would not perish but have eternal life. If John 3.16 is true and it is our personal conviction, our response should be a willingness to give our lives in purpose sacrifice. There should not be any other response. But we've been told for so many years in churchianity about the cost of serving Jesus. Friends, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to live a life of purpose sacrifice. Seek ye first the Kingdom of God and all these things will be subtracted from you. No, they'll be added to you. I have lived an added life in the midst of pain, in the midst of trauma, in the midst of times of not understanding. Even in those times, something was added. His peace, His presence with you through revelation. Times when I haven't understood what was going on around me, I got clarity for something that was going in me to keep me through those storms. And I'm grateful today and I'll never be tired of saying it. It is a privilege to live a life of purpose sacrifice. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15, He died for everyone so that those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, we are not saved by doing good things. But because we're saved, we do good things. Because we're saved, this is very simple today, but it's the truth. And what I wanna do over the next two weeks, today and next Sunday, is share some truth that is a truth I live with every day. It's the truth that motivates my life. This is not a sermon. I remember one day I felt the Lord drop into my mind this thought, stop bringing sermons and preach the Word. I thought, wow, is there a difference? Sometimes there is. Because sometimes it's a talk, not that that happens here, but sometimes people get their talks on the internet. If you're a good communicator, you can get up and give a great talk. But if it doesn't affect the way we walk, then we need more than the talk. And I pray what I bring today and next Sunday will help you every day live a life of purpose sacrifice, filled with joy that will make you finish your race well. The Bible says fight the good fight. Do you know life is a fight? You just choose whether you fight the right one. I wanna fight the right fight. 
fight. Not the wrong fight, the good fight. And so as a young man, I remember one time coming to this passage of Scripture, which I'm gonna go to today. And I was excited because it was written to the Italians. (laughs) Romans chapter 12. And if you said to me, Danny, we're gonna take the Bible away from you. And I've touched on this many times in this church, but I felt I had to go there again today and break it down so it's livable, applicable, because it leads me all the time. I always come back to this passage of Scripture. But if you were to take my Bible away from me and say you can only have one chapter for the rest of your life to live your life by, it would be this one. Romans chapter 12, the entire chapter. And yes, it was written to the Romans, but to all of us, not just the Italians. And if this, this one chapter, I could live a successful Christian life for the rest of my life with this one and only chapter. And so I'm gonna read it this morning in two versions and then we're gonna break it down to five things that have totally changed and are still changing my life to live a life of purpose sacrifice. And so dear brothers and sisters, if we can go to the Scripture, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good. It is pleasant, not unpleasant. It is pleasing and it is perfect in the Message Bible. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognise what He wants from you and quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. I am deeply concerned as a father in the faith of the number of people right now who don't go back to church during COVID because they go, it doesn't make much difference in my life. It doesn't do it for me anymore. Church doesn't do it for me anymore. I don't get it like I used to. It's just, I don't know if I need it. I think, oh, how sad. Because we're missing out on purpose. We're missing out on clarity. We're missing out on knowing why we're on the planet. We're missing out on knowing our God shape, knowing that every day we get out of bed. And like we used to say years ago, we don't say, good Lord, morning. We say, uh, no, we say, what, what do we say? Good Lord, morning? No, good morning, Lord. And so we get out of bed and we say, Lord, it's great to be alive. It's great to serve you today. It's not, oh, here we go, another flipping day. And so I remember as a young man, 
reading this chapter and these five clear patterns or ways of living stood out to me and probably every couple of months I go back and read it and ask myself, am I still doing these things? Because the Bible is not just a book of uh, devotion, it's a book of direction. It's not just my devotional, it's my directional. It's not for me to just get my lucky dip scripture for the day. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, which is my right now, and a light unto my path, my future. And I wanna tell you today, this has so worked for me. It would be wrong for me not to encourage you to do the same. Now it starts in verse one. And so dear brothers and sisters, you know, years ago, I used to go to church when it was very religious. And one of the things we used to say is, hello, brothers and sisters. Turn to your brothers and sisters. And we actually thought that was a bit corny after a few years. So we stopped using the words, but sadly, language affects culture. And by changing the language, we lost the culture. I remember when we started the first cafe at Edge Church and I was so excited and and I was watching people lining up to get their coffee and not even talking to the person in front of them or behind them and getting angry that it was taking so long to get their coffee. And I'm thinking, that's not why we do coffee. Coffee's great, but we're doing all that stuff for one anothering. We're doing that for brothers and sisters. We are the family of God. And as the family of God, we get out there and say, how are you? And and what's happening in your world? Most of the time in church, where we say, how are you going? If someone says not too good, you go, okay, then we move on to somebody else. We don't really wanna know. Now I'm not being harsh this morning, but I'm saying we lose language. We sometimes lose culture. And this scripture is written to us as the family of God. And it says this, I plead with you. The New King James Version. I don't even know what this totally means. I beseech thee. I beseech thee, the Amplified. I urge you, give your bodies to God as a living sacrifice. Notice that it says body's not heart. You see, people used to say to me, Pastor Danny, I won't be at that meeting next week, but my heart's with you. You know, my, my spirit's with you. No, I need your body there. Present your body as a living sacrifice says to me that we have to have a life, hear me, of visible service. Presenting your body to God as a living sacrifice is a life of visible service. So here come the five patterns that I believe if we don't have this order, the church will hurt you. Do you know how many people leave serving at church because they get ticked with the church? I've done all that, nobody ever said thanks. I wonder how Jesus must feel for dying for the whole world and people reject Him. Do you think Jesus regrets dying for us? And so what happens is people get hurt in church. If everybody that's been hurt in church was back next Sunday, we'd need new buildings. Because they serve the church without serving the Christ of the church. Next Sunday, I'll teach you seven stages of the journey of faith 
that will bring you to completion and keep you excited all your life for Jesus. And so as we look at the first one, I call it revelation. We might have it up on screen, I think. The first word, personal revelation or just revelation. It's impossible to be a genuine Christian without a personal revelation of who Jesus is. It says in Romans 12, because of all He's done for you, in view of what He's done for you, your view will affect what you do. Your view will affect what you do. My revelation of Jesus affects how I serve Him. That's why it's never about the church. I have spent the last five days dealing with church splits, dealing with broken people. And what breaks people is not Jesus and not His Word, but it's when people serve a church, don't feel appreciated and then move on because they feel like that, you know, what about all we gave without having the right view? The wrong view affects what you do. If we don't have a revelation of what He's done, we will become undone. If we don't have a revelation of what He's done, we'll become undone because there are two things we've got to remember this morning and that is we all have different personalities and we all have humanity. And there's not a single Christian that's perfect in their humanity or easy to get on with in their personality because we're all different. So in the building of a church, I was laying on my bed one night and I'm saying, God, you know, I don't know, church issues, board meetings uh, that didn't go so well and going through all this and, 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 and I felt like a voice inside my head and, and I believe it was God saying, I'm stuck. And I thought, God never gets stuck. What do you mean you're stuck? He goes, I can only build my church with people like you. I can only build my church with broken humanity. God can't send the angels down from heaven to build His church. So there's never gonna be a perfect church. There's never gonna be perfect people. But in view of what He's done for us, because of what He's done for us, we work through all that stuff. We don't separate. What we do is we stay and we work. Not that I'm not having a go at anything here this morning. I'm talking generically over the body of Christ. But I wanna say this morning, this changed my life. That I do what I do because I love Jesus. I live a life of purpose sacrifice because it started with a personal revelation of God. In Proverbs 29 verse 18, there's a passage of Scripture that says, without a vision, people perish and pastors and leaders and I have, have used that Scripture to get people on board with a vision. But you know what that Scripture really means? Where there is no vision of a redemptive revelation of God, people perish. Without a vision of God's redemptive power and who He is and a continual revelation of who He is, we perish. I don't have to have a vision, I have to have Jesus. And when we preach Jesus, vision comes. And then we serve the church because we love Jesus. So I don't serve the church, I serve Jesus through the church. 
And I am the church and you are the church. And I, I'm, I'm prophesying right now over life Adelaide and I know this is being recorded. I, am gonna, I believe I'm gonna see and you're gonna see over the next uh, probably 12 months a restoration of joy to serve. There's gonna come a new sense of, oh, I can feel it right now. People rising up going, if it's Jesus I'm gonna do this for, count me in. I wanna get involved. I wanna do something because we're doing it for Him. It says, I'm going totally off my notes, but it says in Psalm 110, they shall be volunteers in the days of my power. There's a power day coming. There's an anointing coming where we don't have to do anything. We want to do it. We love to do it. It's a a pleasure to do it. Why? Because we've had a revelation of who He is. There's not a day goes by in my life that I don't sense I know what Jesus has done for me. And the least I can do is serve Him and give Him my life. I am so committed to eternity. I'm so committed to honouring the one who gave it all. And so unless you have a revelation, church won't do it for you. Unless you have a revelation of who He is, there's scores of young people around this country that have listened to so many podcasts and have read so many books. And please understand, I'm not having to go, I love young people so much. But unless there's a personal landing place, unless there's a place where we go, I know and I don't need to be talked into anything else. I know that I know that I know who Jesus is to me. And when you know that, everything else, we can listen to things, we can talk about things, but there is that revelation. And Romans chapter 12 says, in view of that revelation of who I am, now present your body. We've got too many people presenting their bodies to a program rather than the person of Jesus Christ. And somewhere down the track, someone will do a better job than you at something. Someone will not do as good a job as you. Uh, People will tick you off. If you become a volunteer and you serve in the house, let me tell you, if you rely just on people, just the fact that we're people, things are gonna happen. But I wanna tell you, I've lived through all kinds of crazy stuff in church world. I grew up in a church where my dad was the pastor. It was a deacon possessed church. They used to fight all the time. They even had the police out one Sunday to stop a brawl in the church, as I've told you before. And I used to see all these people carrying on, you know, and fighting. And you know, as a young man, I could have said, stick it. If that's Christianity, shove it. But I had a revelation. And that revelation of God absolutely gripped my heart so I could give my body as a purpose sacrifice. The second thing is separation. Verse two, don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world. Don't become so well adjusted, we read it just a moment ago, to your culture that you fit into into it without thinking. The J.B. Phillips version of the Bible says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mould. I don't know about you, but I've personally had enough to do with the media over 20 something years now, not once have they told the truth. When it comes to Christianity, there's a bias against us. And so what happens is people are told their interpretation of the truth. And so what happens is people uh, are being squeezed, even Christians, into the mould of this world. But Christianity, my friends, 
has the best worldview. It doesn't change, it works, it's consistent. It changes lives, it's been doing it for thousands of years. Voltaire said within a hundred years of my death, the atheist Voltaire, you know, the Bible will be obsolete and it will never exist after a hundred years of my death. A hundred years after his death, they turned his house into the Bible Society printing for Bibles. (laughs) Thousands of years of trying to destroy the Bible, it hasn't worked. And it will continue to live on because it's the only worldview that tells us where we came from, why we're here, why we live the way we live and gives us eternal hope. Every Friday I meet with a bunch of guys. They are not believers yet. The language is quite interesting. And sometimes I think if someone from church walked in and saw me here right now, you might think I'm backslidden. And we sit together and have lunch, businessmen from around Adelaide. And they started pouring out their heart last Friday, asking me question after question. After about 10 minutes, one of them says, I used to go to church. And I said, why don't you now? I got hurt. I tried to do this for the church and they didn't appreciate it. And I said to him, I don't want to be hard on you, but I said, you're giving God away because a human being let you down. And he looked at me and he goes, yeah, it doesn't make sense, does it? And as we started to talk in a restaurant around food, we were having church. We're in church. And I said, guys, can I ask you a question? Let's take God out of the picture and let's go to the last six commandments in the 10 commandments. Let's just read the last six. Let's leave the first four about God, which I can't live without by the way, but just for the sake of this conversation, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not testify falsely against your neighbour. Don't covet your neighbour's house or his wife. I said, can you imagine if the whole world did that? What kind of world would we live in? Let's just take it on face value without any power from on high to enable us to do that, but just purely as a pattern of life. What kind of world would we have? Would it be a better world than the one we've got now? And every one of them said to me, oh, blankety blank, you're so right. You're so right. And one of them said, that's why I like coming to these lunches. I feel it's the one time during the week where I can just get some clarity. And I thought, wow, the gospel is a worldview. Christianity is not about parking your blessed assurance on a seat on Sunday and singing Kumbaya. What it is, is we are the church and we get equipped today and we get fueled today. And I pray my message today fuels you so you can go out and be a people of revelation, but a people of number two, separation that goes, we have a worldview different to the world. We're trying so hard to be like the world. The world wants what we've got. And we need to rise up and realise it's okay to be different to the society around us because we're number one, a people of revelation. Number two, a people of separation. Number three, a people of transformation. 
Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Please hear me this morning. I don't want to be um, insensitive. Mental illness is huge right now. I talk to psychologists and psychiatrists who have never been busier with people having a lot of noise going on in their head. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our heads right now are buzzing with noise. People don't know what to believe. They don't know what's up ahead. Do I take the injection? Don't I take the injection? People all over of all ages, their heads are buzzing. This morning when I was praying for this meeting, I thought of Psalm 23 where it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you've anointed my head with oil. You've refreshed my head with oil. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. In the days of the Bible, sheep used to have insects and flies up their noses and in their ears and there'd be a buzzing going on in the heads of the sheep and they would not be able to. So their heads would go crazy and the shepherds would take oil and pour it into their noses and their ears. You anoint my head with oil. There is something that God brings to us that can anoint our heads with oil. So the buzzing stops and the noise stops in our head. And when I come to my Bible every day, I don't come for sermon material. I come to stop the noise I come to stop the buzzing in my head. And as I allow His Word to anoint me and to oil me and to refresh me and to wash over me and I journal and I write down what I'm getting, I go out with a clear head and I meet people for lunch. And in the middle of conversation, they'll say something and I'll go, I was only reading about that this morning in my Bible. And as I start giving Him those Scriptures, I watch them getting oiled. I watch them getting touched by the truth of God. And you know, our minds are under so much attack, but we can have that noise stop by allowing Him to transform us by the renewing of our mind. I need my brains washed. You Christians are brainwashed. We sure are. The difference is I choose who washes my brains. The world around us, takes everything that comes and then ends up in confusion. Number one, revelation. Number two, separation. Number three, transformation. Number four, activation. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, verse four, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we belong to each other. Do you know our gifts are not given to us so that we get recognised in our ministry? The number of people that go, Pastor Danny, I don't know what my ministry is. You don't need to know. Just give yourself away to one another. And as we give what God's given us to one another, every gift in 1 Corinthians 12 that's been given, even spiritual gifts. Here in Romans chapter 12, which we'll talk about on another day, there are seven gifts that every one of us in this room have one or two of these gifts. I call them motivational gifts given to us by God. We are born with them. And I believe every one of us are given gifts for life, not just for church. But we can use it at church and we can use it in our serving the house of God. But it's everywhere we go. 
Everywhere we go, we are ministry. And these seven areas in Romans chapter 12 are because my gift belongs to you. Your gift belongs to me. You can't do that at home watching online if, unless that's the only way you can do it. And if you are today, appreciate that. But we can't give our gifts away in a closed room by ourselves. We need to be together and we need to be giving ourselves away in purpose sacrifice. And what we get back is amazing. And what we give bears fruit. Our gifts are not there for our affirmation. They're not there for our recognition. They're not there for our identity to be recognised. They're given to us so we can serve others. 1 Corinthians 12, 5. There are different kinds of service in the church, but it is the same Lord we are serving. There are different ways God works in our lives, but in the same, it's the same God who does the work through all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us as a means of helping the entire church. Wow, if we got hold of this. And I don't wanna be arrogant this morning, but I do try to live this. I can promise you every couple of weeks, every couple of months, am I still in Revelation? Oh, am I living separate from a secular thinking? Am I having God's worldview? Is my mind being transformed by the renewing of it through the Word? Is there separation? Is there transformation? And then there's activation. I use my gifts. Whether I get paid or not, whether I'm retired, I'm never gonna retire. How do you retire from something that's in you? You just do it different, but it's there all the time and you're activated. And then last of all, there's a demonstration. If you go to the end of the chapter, read it sometime because time is gone. But I'll read a couple of, just a couple of sentences. In the, um, in, from verse nine to the end of the chapter in the book of Romans, you see the world's view and you see God's view. You see the contrasting worlds. And it says this, don't just pretend to love others. That's how the world thinks. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold on to what is good. In every verse right through from nine to the end of the chapter, Love one another with affection. Oh yeah, but I'm a real introvert. Well, just do it through your introvert way. But the Bible doesn't say only sanguines can do this. Only feelers can do this. Love one another with affection. Sometimes when I walk out of church and my body's wrecked and, and I'd rather get in the car and go home, but the Bible tells me to love one another with affection. It's not because Danny's Italian. It's because I've had a revelation. And that revelation has brought about a separation and that separation has brought a transformation that's released an activation so there can be a demonstration. I close with this today. I close with this. Notice that activation comes after revelation, separation and transformation. Do you know how many people joined churches and those first three things have never happened? So they get activated into helping out and somewhere down the track they get hurt. But if you've had a revelation and a separation and a transformation, then your activation won't be temporary because your activation is given as a personal sacrifice, as a living sacrifice to God. Come on, let's give God a big clap this morning. 
thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.